Well, the word. My question this morning is, on the last day of the fast, does the fast end or the fun begin? <laughs> does the fast end or the fun begin? Today's prayer time, in case you haven't had time for it, is for the Holy Spirit and the release of the Holy Spirit. And that's so important for us to have a release of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And... Um, but there's one thing, and I really want to congratulate some people. You know, at our, at our Connect Group Wednesday, Mari, if you don't mind me skinnering about you, Mari said that she's had it with fizzy drinks. It's over. And uh, that's a huge thing for someone who drank a couple of liters a day. And we've heard testimonies of people feeling better. I met a couple in town, and the first thing the wife said is, oh, Cakes they fell, Pastor. Look how nice his skin looks on his face. You see, God is good in this fast. Good things happen. Amen? And it really does something. But when a long fast is ended, like the 21 day we're completing at midnight tonight, your flesh rises to new heights because your spirit has been fed and exercised, but your flesh has been starved of the stuff that you always crave for. And when the fast ends, the desires of the flesh rise up. And I want to share a testimony because of the heart of people in this fast now, and I've really been expecting what God's going to do in this fast. Um, I remember the one year I said to Tish on the last day of the fast, fast I, I, I just want a piece of burros. <laughs> Why burros? No, no, the next fast was, I need a piece of chicken. You know, I just need chicken. And funny thing is, this fast, I feel I can go on. I don't feel I have a craving. I don't feel there's anything I must have. Um, and, but just be careful. And this is when we are most vulnerable. And not only will your mind, but the devil will make you right past spur and oh, smell that food. You know? And you've got to be careful. All right. Now, I know some people have said, as soon as the fast, I can't wait to have some meat in that. You're going to get sick. Our bodies are amazing things, and your body has reprogrammed itself to get clear of all the junk and the toxins and the rubbish. You can't now suddenly pump it full of all that stuff again. You've got, you, you will not feel well. I'm, I'm being honest with you. We had a chap a couple of years ago who didn't believe me, and I think it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, he was eating T-bone steak and chips at Spur, and by 6 o'clock at night he was as sick as a dog. Your body has been cleansed. All the toxins gone. It's been purified in a sense. Can I say, ease out of the fast over the next three or four days. Start eating a little bit. Start adding some stuff. Don't go and have 20 cups of coffee. Monday, you're going to have a headache. It's clicks for nooks. Take it easy. Slowly with your coffee. Just turn to someone and say, pastors warned me. So if you get sick... Don't come talk to me. Amen? All right. Now, because the fun starts, because what often happens at the end of a fast, people think, ha, I've done this 21-day great thing. Read my Bible, prayed, fasted, went through the prayer plan, now I can take it easy. Worst thing to do. What you've got to do now is fight to keep the height that you have. The devil doesn't want you there. And so you've got to fight for it. You've got to still read your Bible. You've still got to pray. And somehow we think, man, you know, 
that's it, I can have a break. No, no, that's all the devil wants is for you to have a break so he can get in. Actually, it's the most important time where we press in even more to enjoy the fun of the fast. Let me tell you there's fun after the fast because there's a freedom. You know you can have victory. How many of you have realized on the fast you have victory over the flesh? So if you've got victory over the flesh, you can start having victory over other things. Amen? And the fun begins because you can tell the devil to get lost and you can start enjoying your Christian walk with God. So this morning I want us just to start with uh, two declarations. And then we're going to just sing a song which I believe is important and what I'm going to minister on. So if we can all stand, if you want to, and if you can, will you stand? If you've got legs, hopefully you can. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we're going to put Psalm 138 up. And it actually ties in a bit with what everybody's been saying. So, one, two, three, let's say it together. I will confess and praise you, O God, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praise to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth and faithfulness. For you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I called, you answered me. You strengthened me with strength, might, and inflexibility to temptation in my inner self. All the kings of the land shall give you credit and praise. You, O Lord, for they have heard of the promises of your mouth which were fulfilled. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord and joyfully celebrate his mighty acts. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, yet he has respect to the lowly, bringing them into fellowship with him. But the proud and haughty he knows and recognizes only at a distance. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Isn't that amazing? The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And we've got to believe as we've gone through the fast that the Lord's going to perfect that. Amen? And now we're going to make another declaration. So let's start with a good hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Praise God for his goodness towards me. God said that he would pour out his spirit in these last days. Sons and daughters would prophesy. Young men would see visions. Old men would dream dreams. <laughs> Come on, let's give a good hallelujah there. Hallelujah. I'm part of this end time vision. Therefore, I have a sense of destiny. Jesus is restoring his church. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. It will be a triumphant church. I'm part of this end time move. I'll pay the price. I'm giving my utmost for his highest. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm out to change my life, my generation, and my city. I lack nothing. I'll step out in faith that can move mountains. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Therefore, I'll not limit our holy God in any way. Now to him who is able to keep me from falling 
and present me without blemish before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only God be glory, majesty, dominion, and power now and forever. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Amen. Give him a good praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated. We speak about hope. And that's one thing you need to have in life, but you need to have, especially after you fasted, is hope. And I'm sure you've used this word hope a trillion times. <laughs> Without the foggiest idea of what it really means. And I know what you're going to say to me, no ways, Pastor, I know what hope means. Okay? Well, let's see. I definitely know. But the word hope today has lost its biblical meaning and its biblical power. <laughs> For example, you will say, I hope my children are coming for dinner. That's sort of wishful thinking, isn't it? I hope they come. Maybe they'll come. Maybe they won't come. There's an element of doubt when we use the word hope today. Hmm. Real Bible hope isn't like that at all. It is just the opposite. Actually, the Greek definition of the word means this. To be intensely expectant. Say intensely expectant. So I'm intensely expectant. I'm believing it. To be confident. Looking forward to something you fully expect to happen. This is hope. When we have hope, we are fully expectant that that thing is going to happen. This is the biblical definition of hope. In Philippians 1 and verse 20, and I'm just using the last part, Paul says, This is in keeping with my own eager desire and persistent expectation of hope. Paul used the two Greek words that mean earnest expectation for emphasis. In other words, he's saying, this thing is so inevitable, I'm just burning up with expecting it. Now, hope for us today is sometimes like wish. And can I tell you, I don't know if you've got that clip from me on, but we must be careful of what we wish today. And I think this will tell you why. I wish that whoever's ruining my life would just disappear. <laughs> Guess who disappeared? He did. <laughs> so we must be careful of what we wish for. But hope is something else. Hope is a burning thing inside of you. Many believers don't know anything about that kind of burning up with expectancy. I'm expecting this to happen. You, you, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Kids are at school. I hope I'll pass. No, no, I'm expecting to pass. I fully believe I'll pass because I'm going to put work into it and I'm going to study and I'm going to get through. It's that expectancy at your job. I'm expecting to be promoted. I'm expecting better things to happen for me. That's what it is. You know, you know the wishing kind of hope? You say to people, are you going to be healed? And they say, I hope so. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how often we shrug our shoulders when we say, I hope so? I hope so. Hmm? Then they just go on and they go on being sick and they wonder why. Wishing won't accomplish anything in the kingdom of God. Hello. Wishing doesn't work in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> but hoping will, especially when you put it together with what? Faith and love. 
Okay. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. Let me tell you, that puts hope in some powerful company. Very powerful company. It's one of the three most powerful elements in the universe, is faith, hope, and love. Are you hearing me? It's one of the three eternal and living substances that actually run the entire kingdom of God that's built on faith, hope, and love. Turn to someone and say, faith, hope, and love. Say, hope's in good company. You see, whether we've done the fast corporately or individually, fasting, as a lot of us have found, is a private discipline. (laughs) But now we've got to have expectancy of what we've been fasting for. Amen? You've got to have expectancy of what you've been praying for. You've got to have expectancy of what your personal motives were to, to pray. Job went through a devastating trial, and as many of us know, Job, Job, Job lost everything. Yet he continued in those trials, in losing everything. And what did he do? In Job 23, 12, He said, I've treasured the words of his mouth much more than my necessary food. I remember hearing something about Kenneth Kagan Jr., Kenneth Kagan Sr., at least, not Jr., where he he once went a whole day without eating or anything. He was just in the Word, and his son said to him, Dad, you're going to be tired tomorrow. He says, no, the Word is my food, and it refreshes me and it blesses me. You know, when, when, when we get to love the Word and we're in the Word, you know, it's like when you first courted your, your, your girlfriend and then she became your fiancé and then your wife. It didn't, didn't matter if you skipped a meal. You know, even the Buddha see and skip a meal to see their love. You know? and, and that's what it is. It's, 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 you know what? His word is more than food. And this is Job sitting in the middle of all those trials. And what happened? God restored all Job's losses. And he blessed him in the last days of his life, more than what he had in the beginning. He had more sons and daughters, more wealth, more everything. Why? Because of this. At the end of the fast, I want you to expect rewards. Who knows, Woolworth or uh, Clicks or somebody will say, your rewards have come through, you've got so much, or you can do this. When we fast, they're rewards for us, and we've got to believe it. Um, when we have been diligent in fasting, praying, and seeking God, there are rewards. Fasting, are you this might rock your boat a bit, but fasting can actually remove poverty from your life. <laughs> and that's because we sow a good seed as well. Planting a seed when we fast, I believe, brings blessing to your life. In Joel chapter 2, the people were so poor, will you say so poor, and in such famine that they couldn't even bring an offering to God. That's how poor they could bring nothing to God. And then there are these words, but God said. Say, but God said. (laughs) You know, when God says something, something happens. Amen. And but God said this, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. He was saying, blow the trumpet, let everybody know. Sanctify a fast, make it a holy fast, set it apart for me, and what? 
and a solemn assembly. That means when you do that, you've got to be earnest about it. You've got to be serious about it. That's what it's got, got to happen. And you know what he promises them? <laughs> you know what happens after that? After that, the threshing floor was full of wheat. The oil vats were overflowing. They ate plenty. And who knows when there's lots of oil and wheat, there's money. <laughs> so guess what? Their poverty was broken. Isn't that good news? So he brought blessing and financial blessing to them. After your fast, we prayed for healing. Can I encourage you? Expect, have hope. Fully be expectant of your healing. Isaiah 58 is God's chosen fast. God says, this is the fast I have chosen. And in verse 8, he says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. And listen to this. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. <laughs> Say speedily. It's faster than McDonald's drive through Speedy. It's come. You see, we've got to believe for this stuff. When you fasted, this is yours. Amen? And we've got to believe that. We've got to hold on to that. The healing <clears throat> is that. You see, fasting helps you physically. Because <laughs> although we don't like to admit it, our bodies need a cleansing every now and again. Amen? Hmm? Have you last brushed your teeth last week? Not many. I don't think anybody. Hopefully you brush your teeth every morning because they need a cleaning. Well, your body needs cleaning. But it also gives you a spring clean in your spirit because you have a sensitivity to God in your fast. Can I say, be expectant of these things? Amen? If we've prayed for them, will you be expectant? You know, sometimes answers come in the fast and other times answers come during the year. We've seen people have answers during the year for the fast. It hasn't always come immediately. And <laughs> we don't like to hear this one. But you know what else fasting does? It will help you overcome sexual addictions and demonic powers. It actually will break great sin of people. In Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said of that stubborn demon that the disciples couldn't get out, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Are you starting to, to understand the importance of what you've done? Hello? Have you understood the importance of your fasting? That these things have to go, they have to break, and when you pray and fast, these things have to go. Fear has to go, doubt has to go, everything has to go. If you're praying about it and you're fasting about it, it has to go. It's God's Word. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay, all right. So, now we know we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The Bible tells us that. But there is a spirit behind sexual perversity, behind pornography, behind adultery, and behind fornication. It's a spirit. These demonic spirits of perversion want to manipulate people and use them like puppets to get them more and more into where they're going. When you fast, if you're having a problem with those things, fast and pray. Amen? Are you seeing that God's word? As a matter of fact, I've got you on. I think to, to type out, we won't have time for it now, but I think about 10 scriptures, 8 or 10 scriptures, all in the Bible about fasting. People tell me today fasting is not of today. Fasting is for us, church. 
Who agrees we need breakthroughs in our lives? Well, it comes through fasting and prayer. But then don't, you know, after the fast, just blow it to the wind. Have hope. Fully expect that which you fasted for to come into being. Amen? Amen. All right. But there's a wonderful blessing. <laughs> that God will also target your children after a fast. In the book of Joel, we know that God called for a holy fast. But in chapter 2, verse 28, he says this. This is after the fast. It shall come to pass afterwards, after the fast, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. In other words, you fasting, you fasting for your family, your children. I won't just honor your fasting. I'm going to honor your children. Isn't that awesome? Come on, parent, which parent is that a blessing to you this morning? Come on. You know? So your children are going to be blessed. All right. Now, there's, there's a typical example of Hezekiah's son. Hezekiah was a good king. His son, Manish, whatever you pronounce his name, was a wicked king. And many times God warned him to change. Then the army of Assyria came to Hezekiah's son. And because he didn't obey God, listen what happened. <laughs> they put a hook in his nose, bound him in chains, and took him captive to Babylon. And the word says, in his distress. Will you say distress? You see, when we're having problems and issues and things are going wrong, whether it's in our family life, our home life, our finances, our business, in anything, when we have distress, the last thing we think of doing is fasting and praying. Come on, are we honest? But the word says, in his distress, he realized what position he was in. And he did this. He cried out to God, humbled himself with prayer and fasting. He has a man who ignored God's warnings. But he comes and he humbles himself and he fasts and he prays. And listen what it says um, in verse 13. God heard his plea and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. <laughs> For a person who was ignoring God, not listening to God, not listening to his warnings, for God to listen to him because he humbled himself in prayer and fasting, don't you think that's amazing? Hmm? Here's someone Stubborn, won't listen to God. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I'm going to do what I want to. But when, and you see this happens, we can live our life as we want to. We can live our life to the full and think we're doing good. But there comes a time in our life when we're in such distress that we don't know what to do. And can I say when you don't know what to do, humble yourself in prayer and fasting. Come on. Amen. You know, Tish was telling me the other day, she heard news that Brad Pitt is going back to his childhood religion. Brad Pitt grew up in a charismatic home, tongue-speaking home, and I think he's realized he's lived his life and it means nothing. And he apparently is going back to Christianity. Can we give God a hand for that one? <laughs> you, 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 you see, this man, Manus, was wicked. <laughs> Guys, you can live the way you want to. That's fine. 
But if it's outside God and His Word, the day is going to come where there's going to be mulakait. Hello? It's going to come. It's true as I'm standing here. I've been there. Hello? I've got all the t-shirts. Red, black, blue, and yellow. They were mine. And then you're in distress. And when you're in distress, it's, oh, woe is me. Why is God against me? No, no. Humble yourself. Pray and fast and hear God answer you. Amen? God took this guy back to Jerusalem and put him back. Now, I'm getting to this because the one thing that wasn't in our prayer plan, and I think is important to every parent, is praying for our children. <laughs> Amen? Who of you have saints for kids? If you put your hand up, Yo, yours is only three. <laughs> they saints until six. <laughs> no, no, she is a saint until six. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll come pray for you. you know? But I want to ask you this question this morning. And this pertains to the fast that we've been praying for. What picture do you have of your children inside of you? What picture do you have of your children inside of you? And you're going to say, Pastor, what are you talking about? What's going on? Well, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he man thinks in his heart, so he is. You see, when we've prayed for the fast... The picture you get of those prayers, the picture you get of your children, I don't care if your children are two weeks old or, or 92 years old, I don't think anybody has got someone that old, but you know, I don't care how old your kids are, what picture do you have inside of your kids? It's the picture when you pray for the Holy Spirit. Do you have a picture in you that the Holy Spirit's going to fill me? I'm going to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. When you pray for a picture for revival do you sense that the town is going to have revival you know on the way to church this morning there was a lady and isn't it funny how people look at you guiltily when they don't stop and so she came cruising along i could see she's not going to stop so i stopped but you know every person i saw this morning i say lord praise you for them bless them under my breath bless them because there's going to be revival here amen Amen? You see, that's what we've got to do. You see, when, when you pray for prosperity, do you have a picture inside of you of being prosperous? Or do you still feel, Aramaaka, you know, poor me, and this and that, and the next thing? Or do you have a picture that God wants to prosper you and bless you? Now, you need to get some power pictures in your life of yourself and your children. Amen? And God's words full of them. Our plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you up. Get that picture inside of you. Amen? Come on. You know, you, you, we need to get those pictures inside of us. No harm shall come up against me. Get that picture inside of you. I'm not defeated. I'm an overcomer. Get the picture. The word is full of them. You need to get it in action and then have hope, Bible hope. Be fully expectant of it. Amen? All right. Now, there's an interesting verse, and I'm sure we all know it, in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith, will you say faith? Now faith is the substance of things. Aha. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you have, you have to have hope before faith can start building. You can say, I've got faith. Faith for what? 
If you're not expectant of God to work in your life, if you're not expectant of a miracle in your job, if you're not expectant of something, you haven't got a picture, faith is just talk. And we're talking about Bible hope, intensely expectant, being confident, fully assured that something that you ask for is going to happen. You ask a person who needs healing. And a person who needs healing can tell you that he believes he'll be healed just because he wants that to be true. If that's it, he's no foundation for his healing. If he has Bible hope, <laughs> and I really want to help you this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to see you living victoriously. Amen? Amen? If he has hope, you'll say, I'm going to be delivered from this cancer condition because God's word says every sickness and disease is under the curse of the law. And Galatians 3.13 says, Jesus has redeemed me from the curse of cancer. That's why I fully expect to be delivered of it. And God's word says, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. When you hear that clear-based picture, word-based picture, you know that person is going to get healed. Amen? And it's the same with anything in your life. And it's, I'm, I'm getting to our kids, so I'm going to get there now. <laughs> you see, and that is what we must do with you. You've got the prayer plans. Go to those prayer plans and every day say, Lord, I'm fully expectant of this prayer coming into being. Amen? That's what we need to do now. Lord, I've got hope that what I've prayed for is going to happen. Now, coming to our children. Huh. The kind of image, and I'm talking about a hope image, the hope image for your kids needs to be painted so clearly, needs to be so real, that you'll come blind to what you see on the outside. When I went totally off the rails for many years, and my father didn't even want to know me, he'd walk on the other side of the street if he saw me in town, everybody was saying, Ah, no good, or we don't want anything to do with him, or he's the worst in the family, or whatever, whatever. But my mom had a power picture in her. And she said, if you train up a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. She had a picture of me not departing from that word, even when I was off the rails. I heard many years later that when I was born, because I was a lot lamaki, uh, I, I was um, nearly 10 years, my uh, sister was my senior, and nearly 9 years, my brother, 7 years. Um, and my mom had been sickly, and the doctor actually wanted to abort me. He said, I don't know if you can do this. She said, God's giving me this child. I'm keeping this child. And she said, Lord, I dedicate this child to you like Hannah dedicated Samuel. That's a picture she had. And she had the picture that I'd not depart from the word. <laughs> and even when nothing was happening, she stood on it and believed it. And I believe when she held onto that picture with hope, with full expectancy that I'm here today. Because actually I shouldn't be here today. Not at nearly 72. I think in the life I was living, I would have died long ago. So for example... You've prayed for your son and daughter to be set free from whatever. You've, you've prayed for your son and daughter to be free from apathy, slothfulness, addictions, lust, drugs, drink, I don't know what, whatever it is. 
But you get such a clear picture on the inside of you of what your hope is for that child that you see him delivered. You look at him differently. You speak to him differently. Even though he might be in a mess, you don't address him as a mess. My mom never once said to me, Ah, you're rubbish. You're right. Why are you living that life? She treated me as if I was walking a godly life. She honored me. Even when, I, even when I went on to be a satsangi and vegetarian and was a seeking and looking, she made all my food separately and she honored me and she respected me. You know why? Because she had a power picture inside of her. Church, if we don't have power pictures about our business, our life, our marriage, our success, our children, whatever we're doing, you're not going to get anywhere. Hello? You need to hear me this morning, please. You know what you need to get a picture of? (laughs) Despite what you see, you need to get a picture of your children saved, spiritful, serving God, free from oppression, free from addictions, out of the mess they in. See them successful, prospering. See them happy. See them taught by the Lord. Uh, you, you know, and, and when you get that picture and the devil comes and says, ah, but look at him now. You say, devil, I'm going to give this picture to you. You watch the space. He's going to be delivered. Amen? And that's what we need to do. And I don't care if your child's newborn or whether he's how old he is or she is, you need to do it. Then you need to get in the Word of God and take every promise concerning your children. So when the devil comes, you say, the Word says, God's got plans for my children, plans to prosper them, not to harm them. God says, His Word says, my children shall be taught to the Lord. God says, my children will prosper. You speak that. You need the Word. You see, many of us are in the mess we are because when we weren't so good and we weren't so hot, everybody condemned us and judged us. You all saints here, you never had that happen to you? Anybody have that happen to them? Just blink your eyes at me so I know you're alive. You, know, just, okay. you see, a lot of people, when someone's doing wrong, oh, yes, I rubbish, you're right. No, no, God says, <laughs> in Christ, he's going to be righteous. Amen. <laughs> In Christ, he's going to do all things. Amen? I once had someone say to me, where we had someone who caused real problems in the church and left many years ago, and, and, and they'd still come see us, and they said, why are you doing that? I said, because I've got to see him as Christ sees him. If you've got a little baby, when I take my grandson in my arms, I say, he's blessed. He's going to be anointed. He's going to be spirit-full. He's going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Because that's the picture I've got. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't look at the circumstances. When you look at your kids, yeah, you naughty little rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Weren't you ever a naughty little rubbish? Huh? Hey, son, you're the best son ever. You're the greatest. Come on, Hello? Speak live. Get the picture inside of you. When your little three-year-old comes up and shows attention, say, my picture inside shows me you worshiping God, lifting your hands, praising God. Come on, church. Amen? Are you getting something? (laughs) That's the picture that we need to get. I really think some people must have thought to my mom, why does she still keep trying? (laughs) 
<laughs> but when I got saved, the painted picture started on the canvas. I'll never forget the day I got saved. To the youngsters, this might shock you. When I was 24, we never had cell phones. We never even had internet, and we survived. Hallelujah. Actually, we survived well. We didn't have an iPhone, a U-phone, a U-whatever phone. We had a call box. And you had to go to what we called a tiki phone. A minister from England arrived in East London, and they told us the story at the hotel we were staying at East London. And... Um, he called, he said, I need, I, need, I need to make a call. And she said, well, sir, just go outside. There's a ticky box. And he looked at her and said, a what? She said, a ticky box. So said, what's a ticky box? She said, well, you put your ticky in and you make it. He says, what? He didn't, didn't have a clue of what was happening. So I ran to this call box. And I phoned my mom. And I said, hi, mom. I said, something's happened this morning. Before I could tell her, you know what she said? I know. I said, how do you know? She said, I know, but I'm expecting I can hear in your voice. She knew I'd accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but she had that picture painted. She was expecting it. And then my mom and dad drove all the way from Joburg to Pretoria on a Sunday night to see another stroke of that picture when I was water baptized. And then I was spirit baptized. And they saw another, she saw another stroke when I became a deacon. And then an elder. It was that picture, that faith power picture inside of her. She wasn't here to see us in the ministry. And I believe some of that painting still has to be completed. But I believe it will. Church, get your power picture inside of you of your children. If ever we need to get that for our children, it's right now. Right now. Hmm. Hold on to it. You declare, my children will be taught to the Lord. They'll serve God. They'll experience Him in His fullness. Whatever you feel, they're going to be free. I don't see them as they are. I see them standing up in the promises of God. Amen? That's what, how we need to pray. So what I'm going to do now, and if you haven't got kids, don't think you're exempt, because one day you'll be married and have kids. <laughs> Mr. Sweet Jr. sitting there with a smile on his face. It will happen. It will happen. So what I'm going to ask us to do now, faith without works is dead. Amen? So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you haven't got children, you pray for those who are coming. If you've got children and grandchildren, I want you to stand. Let's all stand. And now what I want you to do for a minute or two, I want you to get a picture in your heart, get a power picture in your heart of how you see your kids. Just close your eyes. Get that picture right now. Just get it right now. And when you get that power picture, I want you to say this to yourself. That's my expectancy. That's my hope. And that's what you're going to become in Jesus' name. And now what I want you to do, I want you to boldly, 
And I know this is awkward for some people, but don't worry about who's next to you. I'm going to put my mic off because I'm going to pray for my kids too. But I want you to pray and name your children or your grandchildren. And I want you to pray what you've seen in your heart. And I want you to have hope for it. And I want you to call those things into being that are not in Jesus' name. I want you to see them standing, worshiping, blessing God, praising God, successful, blessed, favored. I want us, let's do it now in Jesus' name. see that right in their hearts. I thank you, Father. I bless you for your goodness. Come on, just pray for your kids. Just pray. Just pray. Man, it's the last day of our fast. We're praying the Holy Spirit will fall, but we're praying. Get that picture in your heart right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And Father, we bring these prayers with faith, hope, and love. The three most powerful things. Without faith, we cannot please you, your word says. Jesus said, if we have faith like a mustard seed, we'll move the mountains. And Father, we come with hope, that expectancy, that intense expectancy. We believe it to happen in the name of Jesus. We are confident of what we ask for, and we're going to continue asking for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that power picture we put in our hearts, That is the destiny of our children in Jesus' name. And no weapon formed us or them shall prosper. No tongue is raised against them shall stand in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we bless you for that. Our hope, our confidence, fully expecting of these things is in you this morning. And now, church, I want you to give God the biggest praise you can for that picture. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to say these words after me. It is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone near you a high five and say it's done. You may be seated. I just want to ask, did, 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 you, did you get something this morning? Can I tell you something? <laughs> I've got a power picture of every one of you in the church in my heart. I see some of you as future leaders and future board members. When I say board members, I don't mean oh, board. I mean on the church board. I see some of you as future connect group leaders. I see some of you as mentors. I see some of you fulfilling God's calling in grace and compassion and love and reaching out to people. I see some of you in evangelism. I see some of you prospering in your businesses that, that you will not be able to contain it. I see some of you changing so in his glorious light that this place will experience the glory of God. That is in my heart for you. When I pray for you, that's what I see. But you need to get that picture. You need to get it in your heart. You need to see it. You need to own it. I can pray it for you and I can see it. I, 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 I get a picture <laughs> that all the mess you're in is going to become a miracle to the glory of God. Amen. 
I tell you what, I, I see some people in business who might be battling now. In my heart, I see you according to the word that if you obey the word of God and you meditate on it day and night and you do not turn from it, I see you prospering beyond all people prospering despite the economic situation. I see your homes blessed. <laughs> I see your homes flourishing. Because that's God's word. You know what other picture I have in me? It's one hard, some of you might find hard to believe. But I see you all fully understanding and grasping who you are in Christ and Christ in you. I see you standing with that boldness and that courage. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know what it says, the hope of glory? Christ in us is the expectancy, the intense expectancy of the glory. Amen? And I believe that for you. I tell you what, I, I, you know what I believe for? I believe that there's not a single person in this church that will be downcast, depressed, or discouraged. I see you all with a garment of praise. I see you all worshiping God. I see the Word of God alive and alight in you. Amen? But get the picture yourself. You, 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 you know, I can see it all I like and I'll pray. But I tell you what, the devil might come and say, yeah, 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 but that one wasn't in church for six weeks. That's still my picture of you. Amen? Because God doesn't change. I'll be sharing more of this on Vision Sunday. But what I see, I see a spirit filled. Sharing and caring, victorious and overcoming church here in Rustenburg. That's us. I just see the place full of the Holy Spirit, full of the glory of God. Amen. I see a people that will, you'll know it's not perfection God requires. But despite your imperfection, you'll be doers of His word and usher in the kingdom of God. I see a people who will desire and hunger and thirst after the manifest presence of God right here in this place. That's what I see. There's a lot more I see, but I'll share it in Vision Sunday. I want you to start seeing who you are in Christ. I want you to, when the devil tells you you're no good and you're defeated and you're this and you're that, I want you to put that under your feet and I want you to get that power picture in front of you to declare who you are in Jesus. You can do all things through Christ. I want you to declare you're the head and not the tail. I want you to declare you're blood washed, you're born again, you're an overcomer, you're more than a conqueror. Amen? Amen? We need to do it. I just want to speak to some ladies here and you know who you are. I don't want to point you out, but I could if I, if, if I wanted to. But I want to say there are two or three ladies sitting here this morning. Whew. you got so much in you, but you're not giving it out. You just feel, well, you know, this is me. You know, I haven't got much to offer. I'm just this person. I'll, I'll plod along and I'll just be the, the good mom and dad. I mean, not dad and <laughs> mom and mother and, 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 and wife. And, 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 and this is just me. And, you know, perhaps you've been told, oh, you know, um, Whatever you've been told. But I'm telling you, God's put a deposit in every one of you. And if it takes fasting and praying, if it takes asking God to release it, it's going to be released because I have the picture of you being released in it. 
And you need to stir your hearts up and you need to look deep and say, Lord, I've got something great. It's not because of me, it's because of you. And I need to start giving that thing out. Amen? So, we're back to our fast. I really pray this morning that for everything you've prayed for and everything you've fasted for, and even if you didn't fast and you prayed with us, that you'll be intensely expectant. Amen? You'll be looking forward to those things coming to pass in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Some of you have been without Coke and coffee for 21 days. You can give me an amen. You can say, I can do it. Amen? And just remember, if Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you will never know that wonderful Father heart of God operating in your life. You'll never know the glory that is yours through Christ. And so I, I implore you today, if you've backslidden or you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you need to accept him as your Lord and your Savior today. Amen? Because without Him, we are nothing. Every promise is yes and amen through Jesus. Are you blessed? Is God good? Amen? Can we give God a praise of Him for His goodness? And so I've bought one of those little drones. It's going to be taking pictures of you all tomorrow. If anybody goes into spur, it's going to zap you. <laughs> Not till Thursday. <laughs> I just want to ask one last question. Are you really fully expectant of what we fasted for? No. God is good. Let's stand and, and let's pray. <clears throat> Father, this morning, oh, we just see in your word the, the power and impact of, of, of fasting and praying. And Lord, I believe this morning in Jesus' name that the things we fasted for, the things we prayed for, we're going to see as we've given you the first month of the year to fast. We're going to see the benefits and blessings flowing through the rest of this year. And we are fully expectant of it because of what Jesus did for us at that cross. We are fully expectant of it as your children that if you could even hear a wicked king's cry when he humbled himself, prayed and fasted, you've heard our cry and we believe it's done. Now just pray we will get those power pictures of hope in our hearts. And so Lord, this morning I want to pray for every family, that they shall be blessed. Their children shall be blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Lord, that here as we come together in your name, we'll experience your glory and we'll be transformed into your likeness and image in the name of Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that as today we prayed for you, we, we know David said, my cup overflows. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'll consume us. We pray you'll fill us. Because, Lord, when we fall 
to the full of the Holy Spirit, there can be no room for anything else. There can be no room for hatred or unforgiveness or bitterness or anything else because, Lord, where your spirit is, there's liberty. It's your liberty, your freedom. And so on this last day of the fast, we say, come Holy Spirit, be poured out into our lives, into this nation, into our city and our generation in Jesus' name. Lord, come and let that mighty wind blow and let there be revival in this land and in the city and in the churches in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome. You are so welcome in our lives. Give us discernment, understanding, wisdom to deal with everything we need to deal with. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, let us remember that the Spirit of God will raise a standard against him. Hallelujah. We need not fear. We need not be anxious or worried because we can cast our cares upon you. And so as we end this fast, Father, we, we thank you and I pray that some will, will just have the heart to continue to pursue you and seek you and live a lifestyle that is good and healthy so that we can be effective for your kingdom. And so we worship you this morning. Lord, may each one be blessed. Lord, may, may, may they be increased in every area of their life. May they go out into the world and find favor. Lord, may they find favor in Jesus' name. Lord, bless the works of their hand. Bless their families and, and their children's children in the name of Jesus. So that, Lord, the world will know that our God is a God, a loving God, a caring God. And that we will live that life that Jesus called us to live in the abundance of your kingdom. I ask in Jesus' name. So, Lord, as we go, Lord, I send each one out with that picture in our heart. Hallelujah. Of a glorious church without spot, without blemish. Lord, that your spirit will be poured out on all flesh and our sons and daughters will prophesy. And great things will happen to our sons and daughters in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we're so grateful at your goodness and what a good God you are. That we go out of here with joy and rejoice in our hearts for your faithfulness. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Turn to someone and say, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be extremely blessed. And let's worship the Lord as we go this morning.